before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. We're about to listen to a special preview of the latest edition of The Endgame, featuring Bill Fleckenstein and our very special guest, Simon Mikhailovich of the Bullion Reserve. As we search for the many possible endgames for the current financial system, the notion of a failed state is an outcome which can't be discounted. Simon came to the United States in the 1970s after his family expatriated from the Soviet Union, leaving everything they owned behind them, except $100 each and a suitcase full of clothes. The lessons Simon learned from that experience, the parallels he sees in the West of today, and the potential outcomes investors need to be aware of, provide the backdrop for a fascinating conversation. Every episode of the Grant Williams podcast, including The Endgame, The Super Terrific Happy Hour, and The Narrative Game, is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website, grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high-quality content like it, please make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, please enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The Endgame. Joining me, as always, our man in Seattle, Bill Fleckenstein. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. How are you today down there in the Caymans? Down in the Caymans. I am under house arrest for a couple more days. I have my tracker well, bracelet on. that's a step in the right direction, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> Many people have said this should have happened years ago. But I've only got a couple of days left now before I'm allowed back out into the gen pop. Despite my uh, my negative COVID test uh, before I got on the plane, my negative COVID test when I landed on the plane and my vaccine, that's not enough. I still have to quarantine. Well, I'm disappointed days. to see that there you are in your own place and you're not wearing a mask. What's wrong with you? Well, you're right. You're right. But I, but I have got I have got plastic sheeting covering the microphone on the computer just in case any cooties come through it from you. Well, that mate, we have a we have we have a good friend of both of ours joining us today uh, in our quest to figure out the end game, and that is uh, Simon Mikhailovich. Simon Mikhailovich is a dear friend of. Both of us, I've known Simon for a long, long time and uh, through mainly, a, firstly, a friendship and latterly through his work with uh, the first the Tocqueville Bullion Reserve and now the Bullion Reserve. So I think instead of you and I waxing lyrical, Fleck, we should get Simon to come on. What do you think? Yeah, let's dive into a slight variant of the end game. Exactly right. Simon, my friend, it's been way, 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 way too long since you and I have had a chance to chat. Good to see you. Great to see you guys. Thank you for having me. You guys know each other well, so there's no need for any introductions and uh, so much to talk about. I mean, you know, as Bill and I have kind of navigated this endgame journey, which which began with a you know very broad concept, we've kind of pulled out various threads to yank on and, and we've gotten to one which we thought you're the perfect person to talk about. And that is, um, you know, the endgame of monetary systems necessarily involves, in many cases, the endgame of nation states. And, and, and because of your experience with one such nation state in, in the Soviet Union, which we've you know, seen the end of that state as it was, we thought who better to come on and talk about how that potentially might play out in Western democracy. So, so thanks for coming along and, and joining the conversation with us. Sure. Great to be here. A little sad to talk about this, but I guess we have to. 
reality. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, look, look exactly. It, it, it is the reality, and it's. I don't think it's anything anybody wants to kind of think about. But that's the danger is not thinking about these things, right? Because if they happen anyway, you, then you you're screwed. So let me let me just let me throw out a hanging curveball for you, Simon. Sure. Uh, there are a, a lot of trends that are at play today. Censorship, the whole thing about canceling people and rewriting history, tearing down statues, and regardless of the motives of the individual or person involved, when you look at it across the spectrum, I, I find it quite disturbing because it's what I've you know I've read about things that occurred in other totalitarian regimes, and in particular the Soviet Union. So how do how do you process this after having seen that? Your family fled it, and now we're on a what looks to be a bad path here, at least at the moment. How do you think about that, and what do you plan to do about it, if anything? Well, uh, A, I'm very upset, obviously, because we took tremendous pains to escape from the Soviet Union at a very high cost, uh, you know, full expropriation, losing everything, leaving everybody behind. You know, to come to a place that at the time felt like nirvana, relatively speaking anyway, uh, you know, just drunk on freedom. And then to see uh, very similar trends and developments uh, is very sad. And it's not just my view. I, I, you know, some of my friends who have come here like I did in the 70s, you know, pretty much all feel the same. Uh, we've seen this movie before. Now, as you know, the opening line of uh, Anna Karenina Tolstoy's Anna Karenina is all happy families are alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. So I guess the financial translation of that, nobody asks why the price is going up because you don't argue with success. But everybody wants to do a postmortem or whatever, a complete analysis on a failure. And then, of course, every failure has its own peculiar circumstances or particular circumstances. But that doesn't really uh, change the fact that it's, you know, Failure is a failure. And in, in the family sense, it all ends in divorce, however you get there. So the outcome is the same. So what concerns me here, obviously, here being in the United States and in the Western world, is a lot of very similar trends. They're all different. You can't compare the Soviet Union to the United States. I mean, it's just not the same place. We're starting from a completely different uh, economic, uh, or we started, I should say, from a completely different economic uh, plane, much higher. So it takes us longer to dissipate our wealth because we have so much of it to dissipate, if you will. It takes you a long, longer time. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the outlines, if you will, are, are very disturbing. I, I can give you many examples. What, what, so what, how did the Soviet Union go down just in three words or less, basically, or three sentences or less? I mean, you had stagnation. You had corruption. You had disruption uh, in the rule of law, you had loss of confidence in the uh, governing philosophy or whatever you want to call it, in the idea uh, that communism, whatever people stopped believing anything that the government was saying, then they stopped believing anything that the press was saying, uh, then they stopped respecting the government. I mean, if you look at the videos, I was already gone by them, but if you look at the videos from the 80s, when Gorbachev came to power and all of a sudden you see people getting up in parliament, uh, Russian parliament, and basically, uh, you know, castigating Gorbachev for being completely out of reality. 
I mean, they used to take people take people out and nobody ever heard from them again for doing stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you know, it became possible. Uh, this whole thing with what we're observing with 24-hour news, I mean, as the perestroika got going, I mean, people were glued to the TVs. They couldn't believe the stuff that they were seeing. I mean, it was it was completely out of their experience. I mean, anything sounds familiar so far? I mean, you're, any parallels you're seeing? So we're, yeah, we're seeing all of about. it. We're seeing all of it. So loss of faith in the system, uh, rampant corruption. And then there's this feeling that develops uh, that uh, in the Soviet Union developed, you know, as I was growing up in the 70s. But then basically it's like, OK, so if the system is corrupt, then I can steal anything I want, because if they're stealing from me, why should I why should I be any different? So there's a complete loss of morality. And by the way, you know, when, when you see all these Russian organized crime uh, and how effective it is and how pervasive it's become uh, post-collapse of the Soviet Union and global and the hacking and all of that. I mean, that has deep roots in the Soviet Union and in this um, ethos of, you know, uh, essentially the better you can screw the government, uh, the more uh, clever and successful you would be. Because that became the measure. I mean, they're trying to stick it to me. Well, guess what? We're going to figure out how to stick it to them. And so all this talent, all this uh, creative entrepreneurial juice, instead of going into legitimate stuff, you know, went into essentially uh, all sort of criminal activities or illegal activities, you know, to, to uh, rig the system. Um, and so that's a legacy of that type of a situation. Well, we're seeing all that again here. I mean, you know, bad problems uh, cannot be solved with terrible solutions because you get horrible outcomes. I mean, that's that's what happens. So I'm observing here is what I'm saying. A lot of similar things. Loss of faith in government. This that uh, uh, Grant that had a podcast recently, you know, this financial nihilism. And it's not just financial. This financial anarchism, which is sort of almost like uh, institutionalizing these ideas that you can be ruthless, stateless, um, you owe nothing to anyone. Uh, you know, uh, taxes are here to screw me. The system is here to screw me. And therefore, I'm out to screw the system. That is a dissolution of civil society as we know it. Uh, and even though we're living through it and, and, and it's, we're not in pandemonium at the moment, but these are the symptoms. I mean, these are all the types of things that, you're, that I have observed there. And also economic stagnation. A lot of this has to do with economic stagnation, because at some point, the majority of the people say, I mean, this is not working for me. Uh, the, the status quo is not working for me. And so they start yeah. looking for solutions. And unfortunately, history is very cruel about that, because Czar was terrible. I mean, it was it was really, for most people except for uh, the elites, it was a very tough system. Uh, authoritarian, there was no freedom of any kind, uh, corrupt, uh, controlled. And the impulse uh, to fix that ended up being channeled into Bolshevik revolution, which was, you know, exponentially more horrible than the problem they were trying to solve. Uh, the, the dissolution or essentially the failure of democratic state in Germany in the 1920s has led to Hitler being elected because people wanted trains around on time. Full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com.
Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.